Today on Legalese, we have a news story to discuss as part of my ongoing series, Ignorance of the Law. We are going to be talking about some really bad cops who made the dumbest arrest I have ever heard of. Now, this story is so unbelievably absurd that when I first read it, I was completely convinced this had to be fake news, but it's all too real. So, let's find out how a New Hampshire woman was arrested for drinking and not driving and discuss how the police can use your household chores against you in a court of law. Hey, greetings, everybody. Welcome back once again to the Legalese podcast. I am your host, Bob. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Uh, Now, if you are new to this program or this channel, uh, welcome. This is a podcast where we're going to be discussing all things constitutional law, as well as other current events in law, politics, and culture. Uh, Now, you can find the show in a number of formats on a number of platforms. We have a video version that is available on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We have an audio-only version that you can find on Anchor and Spotify. Uh, If you head over to Substack, you can find the show, as well as show notes pages, as well as a lot of long-form articles that I write, mostly about uh, issues of constitutional law. Uh, And if you dig constitutional law, or you're even just looking for a good way to support the show, uh, you might want to check out my new book, Constitutional Sleight of Hand, An Explicit History of Implied Powers. Uh, This is a book that talks about the implied powers doctrine of the Constitution. We talk about what it is, how it has evolved over time. I I explain why what I'm sure to most people this seems like an incredibly arcane uh, and abstract legal doctrine is actually something very important that we should all have a very good understanding of. Uh, And we discuss some suggestions on how we could begin walking back the implied powers doctrine to return it to something that resembles uh, its original Uh, meaning and scope according to the people who gave that document legal force. You can find links to all of those uh, awesome sites down in this video's description. So, as I said a little earlier, this episode is part of a series that I do here on the show from time to time that I call Ignorance of the Law. Now, this is where we discuss laws and regulations that are absurd, counterintuitive, and hypocritical. Now, today will be a slightly different than usual episode because today we're going to be talking about how badly wrong things can go when reasonable laws are enforced by unreasonable police. The alien has a sweet heavenly voice, like Urkel, and he appears every Friday night, like Urkel. Well, your story is very compelling, Mr. Jackass. I mean, uh, Simpson. So I'll just type it up on my invisible typewriter. (laughs) You don't have to humiliate me. I just torched a building downtown, and I'm afraid I'll do it again. Oh, yeah, right. I'll just type it up on my invisible typewriter. Now, the reason I do this series is to make the point that while lawmakers and police are always very quick to tell people that ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it, that, in fact, it is often an excuse for making and enforcing it. 
Well, to be perfectly honest, the reason I do this series is uh, because when I see a story like this, it really seems to only uh, want to prompt one of two responses. One is to cry at the complete abrogation of our individual rights and civil liberties, at the slow death of limited government at the hands of status, and the laughable notion propagated by sociopathic politicians, corporate media, and private sector status, as well as all manner of petty authoritarians around the country who will unironically tell you that the false choice we are presented with every couple of years in our government's democratic process means that any terrible thing a government agency and actor can get away with doing must qualify as being done under the consent of the governed. Of course, our other option is to laugh at the terminal incompetence of government actors uh, who, at every level, seem so oblivious to the reprehensible nature of their own actions they demonstrate they are entirely capable of engaging in the sort of self-reflection that anyone in their position should be willing to exercise, and every day they further delegitimize their own necessity within the agency they work for and the government at large. And personally, I prefer the latter option, so I guess the real reason I do this show is to have a good laugh at the lowest of low-hanging fruit, which is government bureaucracy. But save that, the reason I do this series is to make the point that while lawmakers and police will always tell you that ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it, it is often an excuse for writing and enforcing it. Now, the story uh, that we are going to be talking about here today is one that I got largely from this article uh, by Damian Fisher from the uh, New Hampshire Journal. Uh, that article is linked in the description. Uh, I suggest you go check it out. Give it a read for yourself. So let's dive into a story about what may be the dumbest arrest ever made by some truly, truly bad cops. Cops in Springfield. Bad cops, bad cops. All right, boys, time to bag us a cattle rustler. What in God's name are you doing? Isn't this 742 Evergreen Terrace? No, that's next door. Close, but no donut, cops. This is Papa Bear. Put out an APB for a male suspect driving a car of some sort. Heading in the direction of, uh, you know, that place that sells chili. Suspect is hatless. Repeat, hatless. Now, undoubtedly, one of the stupidest police arrests in recorded history has now led to the resignation of the police chief in this town, a Miss Catherine Moan, who is a 42-year-old uh, graduate from the prestigious FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia, who was just a few years ago, named as one of the 40 under 40 leaders in the state of New Hampshire. Uh, that was just in 2020. So how the hell did things fall apart for her so wrong so quick? Well, this story is all about 
a woman who got busted because she had a few beers in her own home while watching a baseball game. So this story starts with a 67-year-old woman uh, named Colleen Loud from Northampton, New Hampshire. And she went from her living room sofa to the Rockingham County lockup uh, in the hands of the local police. And her arrest would spark an investigation into the policies of this small community's police department. And it was very soon after that investigation started that Chief uh, Catherine Moan suddenly announced that she was retiring from the force. Well, she didn't reckon with the awesome power of the chief of police. Now, where did I put my badge? Hey, that duck's got it. Oh, come on, come on, give it back. I need it. Oh, keep it. So, in spite of the fact that Chief Moan was once considered a rising star in the state law enforcement circles, uh, she, for whatever reason, has simply not given any reason for her leaving the department that she only took over in 2018, as well as ending her own law enforcement career. She officially said, quote, I can't comment on anything when she was asked by a journalist over the weekend. Now, the circumstances surrounding uh, Miss Loud being taken into custody are difficult to believe. They were confirmed, however, by arrest records and investigation documents uh, that revealed a culture of uh, a culture within Chief Moan's police department that would favor uh, police action over careful evaluation. Let's say. Now, a police officer told an investigator that. Quote, Chief Moan would rather get sued for taking action than not, end quote. Jeez. Take him away, boys. Hey, I'm the chief here. Take him away, toys. What'd you say, chief? Do what the kid says. Now, I got the feeling when I read this story that uh, the journalist who was writing this really didn't uh, understand Moan's declaration there, uh, about an action versus inaction. Uh, and I can see why that might sound surprising or counterintuitive, but it actually makes perfect sense when you consider the phrasing carefully. So she didn't say she would rather deal with the consequences, or she didn't not she didn't say either that she would rather take responsibility for choosing to act over choosing to not act. She specifically said she would rather be sued for taking action then sued for not taking action. And this is because either one is a consequence-free decision for her. I'd like to help you, ma'am, but <laughs> I'm afraid there's no law against mailing threatening letters. I'm pretty sure there is. Huh. The day I take cop lessons from Ma Kettle... Uh, hey, she's right, Chief. Well, shut my mouth. It's also illegal to put squirrels down your pants for the purposes of gambling. <laughs> Boys, knock it off. If she does act and violates a citizen's rights in the process, she is protected by qualified immunity, which will only hold police officers accountable when their actions constitute a clearly established violation of a citizen's rights. 
What else you got in here, huh? Just uh, notebooks, pen pads. Notebooks and pen pads? What are those for? School. School? What the hell are you talking about? You think it's a good idea to lie to a cop? No, sir, I don't. Beep, beep. Lie to a cop. Beep, beep. Lie to a cop. Is that the new hip-hop song you've been listening to? Nah, man. Nah, man. That's how I talk to authority. Nah, man. No, sir. No, sir. However, courts have interpreted that, that key phrase clearly established so narrowly that officers routinely get away with horrendous abuses because no federal court has previously decided a case that has essentially identical facts. And she doesn't even seem to consider it an option that she perform her job reasonably and in accordance with the laws and regulations that should cover a police officer's duties. <laughs> duty. She simply has no regard for the importance of her duty or of the other officers that work for her duty. But a good cop should always take their duty quite seriously. This is my duty. <laughs> what is funny about my duty? You know I take my duty quite seriously. You said... <laughs> it's as though she is saying a cop can either be incompetent in their abilities to protect private citizens from fraud, theft, or violence inflicted by other private citizens, or a police officer can fill that role and be the person inflicting fraud, theft, and violence, while the option of finding some middle ground where you actually provide reasonable assistance never seems to have even crossed her mind. Now let's get to the specific incident in question here. The story begins last October 17th. Uh, apparently, a driver had crashed her car uh, into a bush on Colleen Loud's property. Now the driver had apparently suffered some kind of medical problem while behind the wheel, uh, according to reports. And Miss Loud had been unaware of the accident as it happened. Now, when police uh, would talk to Miss Loud about the accident, she said that she had not witnessed it. And while one officer on scene, Officer Matthew McHugh, did not notice anything unusual about Mrs. Loud, the other officer on scene, a Sergeant Asa Johnston, told McHugh. He smelled alcohol on her breath and thought she might have been drinking. Now, McHugh said that he did not observe any sign of impairment at that point, and he explained that she seemed steady on her feet, and he could not observe any odor of alcohol at the time. Now, MRI's report states, and from what I, from what I can tell, this MRI that comes up a number of times is something like internal affairs for New Hampshire. So that's what I mean when I say MRI. It's the Municipal Resourcing Corporation or something. But um, anyway, so the MRI report states that Johnson uh, had been the lead officer and he wanted to investigate this further. So he uh, asked his partner, well, does she need to be PC'd? Now, this is a truly epically ironic question by that cop. Now, for those who don't know what this means, being PC'd means being taken into protective custody, which is just priceless because, as you are about to find out, the only people who Colleen Loud really needed protection from 
was the sociopathic piece of shit officer who had either consciously made up a lie about smelling alcohol on her breath to create a false excuse to harass and victimize this woman, or he believed he smelled alcohol and decided that a woman who had been sitting in her own home, minding her own business, on her own couch, watching a baseball game, and drinking a beer, as I'm sure literally thousands of other people were doing in that same city at that exact same point, somehow, in this singular instance, somehow made her a threat to herself or others, which is the standard that would justify placement in protective custody. So these two officers left her home. They then returned and further questioned her. Now, when they came back, they noticed that her house was apparently in an unclean condition. Miss Loud told officers that she had not cleaned in a long time, according to the police report. They actually wrote that down. Um, and it was at this point that Officer McHugh decided part of his duties included acting like some kind of dirt detective who now had enough evidence of criminal messiness to let himself into her home without her consent or a warrant issued upon probable cause, naming the dust-filled rooms to be searched and the dirty dishes to be seized. When asked if she had been drinking, Loud said that she had had a few beers while watching the baseball game. She was reluctant to submit to a breathalyzer test in her own home. Imagine that. But facing an ultimatum, it says that she ultimately agreed. Now, the article doesn't say uh, exactly what this ultimatum was, and I guess we can really only imagine. Eh, man, we need you to uh, take a breathalyzer, or I'm afraid we won't have enough ridiculous, nonsensical evidence of all the non-crimes you have committed. In which case will have to arrest you for literally no reason at all. So why don't you just cooperate so we can arrest you for a silly, stupid reason that makes no sense, and I can have a great anecdote to tell my cop buddies later at the bar. So, she agreed to the blood alcohol test. Uh, now, she registered a 0.086%. Now, that is certainly above the 0.08% legal limit for driving in the state of New Hampshire. However, and I've looked into this, the state of New Hampshire does not have a legal limit for alcohol consumption sitting in your own home watching a fucking baseball game. But, based on this blood alcohol level test, Sergeant Johnson decided it was proper to take Ms. Loud into custody. Duffer. Now I've got everything I need to convict your boy, except for motive, means, and opportunity. Uh, you also have no evidence. That's implied. So I'm remanding him to... Is that a word, remanding? Yeah. So after this arrest, and without a warrant, the officer started going through her home, taking photos of the mess. Loud was handcuffed and placed into the back of a police cruiser, and was eventually transported to the Rockingham County House of Corrections. Now, if you can believe it, 
we haven't even reached peak weirdness in the story yet. When I read what is about to come next, wow, when I read this myself, I was convinced that I had mistakenly been reading a piece of incredibly well-crafted satire and not a real support, a real report. I actually, at this point, would stop reading the article, open a new browser tab, and begin searching the New Hampshire Judicial Branch case access portal, looking for some kind of hard evidence in some kind of official government record that would independently verify what I am about to tell you is true, and I found it. What happened next? According to Officer McHugh, Sergeant Johnson said if the test showed she was not capable of driving, they would have to take her into custody. Officer McHugh conceded to the MRI investigators that Sergeant Johnson's reasoning did not make any sense. This authoritarian sociopath actually arrested a woman who had had a couple drinks in the privacy of her own homes on the ground that had she been driving a car instead of sitting in her own fucking living room, she would have been guilty of a hypothetical DWI. Now, Sergeant Johnson would later go on to tell investigators that Chief Moan had actually initially praised his decision to make that arrest. However, days later, when it became a big deal and this became very unpopular, she apparently came back around and said that she had maybe disagreed with some of the things he did, but said she couldn't actually discuss it. And when talking to investigators, Chief Moan would tell them that she did not fully agree with Sergeant Johnson's actions. She said, quote, Jail would not have been what I would have wanted. There could have been, and should have been, a better resolution than that, end quote. Now, Chief Moan also said that the officers were wrong to enter Loud's home and take photos of the supposed mess. <laughs> and she told investigators that she did have some serious questions about the officer's judgment, but said clearly that she did not pursue the matter any further after the arrest. And when asked what her officers should have done instead, Moan told investigators, quote, I don't have an answer for that, end quote. Now, when Chief Moan submitted her retirement letter on March 1st, she did not explain in it to the town officials the reason that she was retiring. This is according to a select board chairman, James Sununu. Uh, he said, quote, she didn't give any specific reason as to why, end quote. Now, uh, Sununu said that the investigation into Mrs. Loud's arrest received by the town in December had raised some serious concerns about the police department's operations, and he uh, and others were working with Moan as a result of those findings. He said, quote, there were issues we felt needed to be addressed and were working on addressing them, end quote. However, other sources have said that Chief Moan's track record is even more problematic than that. For example, Moan apparently became very frustrated when her officers had failed to arrest a member of the Northampton Select Board, a man named Jonathan Panette, 
after police had been called to his home, uh, according to a source who had knowledge of the incident. Uh, this source said that the police were sent to Panette's home for a motor vehicle complaint. While they were there, they overheard a verbal argument between a man and a woman inside the residence. They investigated and found that there was no indication of domestic violence going on, the source said. Now, Sergeant Johnson, who also arrested uh, Colleen uh, Loud, was also on that particular call as well. He told the investigators he spoke to the couple and that Sergeant Johnson said, quote, that there was no legal ground to take action. However, Chief Moan said that he thought she should have done more, end quote. Now, this source would tell the uh, New Hampshire Journal that Chief Moan had published the incident in the public police log and categorized it as a domestic dispute, even though that was simply not true. Something wrong, officer? Yeah. Got a tail light out. Where? Right there. You know, one day honest citizens are going to stand up to you crooked cops. They are? Oh, no. Have, have they set a date? Now, uh, Sununu declined to comment on that incident, and he said that the select board as a body did have a discussion with Chief Moan about it. As for Miss Loud's arrest... Uh, the MRI report would conclude that officers had had several other options besides arresting her, and Johnson's decision to arrest her was inappropriate. It attributed part of the problem to a lack of clear instructions from the department leadership, calling it, quote, vague at best, end quote. Now, it just so happens that I happen to have gotten my hands on a copy of that report that breaks down uh, these other options that they supposedly had besides arresting this woman. So going to the introductory paragraph, they said, Well, as government officials ourselves, we understand others employed by the government do not expect to be held accountable for anything they do. And we assure you that we have no desire to be the ones setting such a dangerous precedent that could be misconstrued by the public as suggesting that complete incompetence is somehow unacceptable. But we know that you will understand that when the plebs get all worked up and become an annoying rabble that occasionally develop some mistaken belief that they actually have the right to second-guess our purposes and actions, that we have to pretend we care long enough to get them off our backs. So after careful consideration, we have come up with a list of suggested alternatives to harassing a woman because she was so irresponsible as to live in a home where a third party who she did not know would have a medical emergency that caused this third party to drive off the road and onto her front lawn. We understand the very reasonable conclusion you reached that a medical emergency that had literally nothing whatsoever to do with Ms. Loud in any way could absolutely be construed as a justi justification for arbitrarily harassing and victimizing Miss Loud. After all, if you don't have nothing to hide, you don't have nothing not to fear. And moving on to the specific uh, suggestions that they made. 
All right, so as you can see, the report says, Project Summary, what follows is a collection of alternative options that could have been pursued in the case in question. However, our official position is that we, as usual, have no fucks to give. That said, here are some government-recommended alternatives to harassing and arresting Mrs. Loud. 1. Don't charge her with non-existing crimes like criminal sloppiness or drinking but not driving. 2. Remember that there are plenty of actual laws on the books that could have been used to justify your harassment and to get off on your fucking power trip with a much less chance of regretting your actions later. 3. Focus your harassment on the woman who had the accident. After all, she presented a perfect opportunity to mistake her unusual but not criminal behavior for a serious criminal offense. You could have very easily accused her of smelling like alcohol and then charged that she got in an accident because she was driving drunk. And don't hesitate to get creative. If someone claims you never gave her a breathalyzer, tell her the car crash was sufficient evidence already to prove intoxication without bothering with the breathalyzer. Fourth, possibly insist you couldn't give the driver a breathalyzer because she was being a liar faking and pretending to have a medical emergency and that doing this made it impossible for you to give her the breathalyzer test until she was done faking symptoms and pretending to get treatment. Finally, they say, you could have even charged the driver with an obstruction of justice charge by saying her fake medical emergency must have been an intentional act of criminal instruction that gave her time to sober up and say that because that is what could have happened, it must be what happened. Now, I came up with my own list of alternative options that are uh, not quite as polite as theirs. They include, don't harass people who have done nothing wrong. Don't search someone's house without a warrant to collect evidence proving that they have a sink full of dirty dishes. Go fuck yourself. Eat a gun. Consider acting like a decent person instead of a wet, flapping, yeasty-smelling douchebag. Suck my dick and quit the police force. Anyways. That's really all I got for you guys today. Um, if you like this episode, uh, please take a few minutes to do all of those normal things that you do to help trigger Al Gore's rhythm, uh, you know, to make sure the show gets seen by people. If you liked it, uh, hit that like button. If you disliked it, hit the dislike button. If you really disliked it, go ahead and hit that dislike, dislike button twice. Uh, and of course, please leave a comment. Let me know what you thought about the show. I do always love uh, hearing what you guys have to say and... Uh, getting a chance to talk with you a bit in the comment section of the videos uh, and make sure you subscribe to the channel so you always know when my newest episodes come out. So until next time, thank you so much for tuning in to the Legalese podcast. And remember, ignorance of the law may not be an excuse for breaking the law, but it often is an excuse for making and enforcing the law. And of course, as always, Cartago de Lenda Est.